Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast, back at it again on a Thursday night after, well, completely honest, stop paying attention to that Thursday night game about after midway through the third quarter. That was terrible. I mean, that that game belongs in London uh, for us on the West Coast at that 6.30 a.m. kickoff time on Sunday. Dolphins, Jags, London. Just make them play, even though they only play technically every four years, but they're always both in last place, so they play a lot. Put that game in London. Just put that game across the pond. Did have something that I noticed with uh, the Dolphins that I'm just interested to see how it plays out. We'll dive into that. Something else that happened, you know, kind of tonight or earlier, right around kickoff time with some college football conferences. Some thoughts on something I saw with Drew Brees and the Saints earlier this week, and how it might be kind of telling to where they're headed. Uh, Some NFL nuggets that I've just heard from around the league and things that I noticed. Also, three for the money. I'm four and two so far. Uh, You know, if you keep going four and two next week, you know, I'll be, what would that be, six and three? We just start stacking wins. We'll make money. I'm also the guy that bet on the Jags tonight, but that's not part of three for the money, baby. Three picks every week that I like. I actually feel pretty good. Really good about two out of the three. It gets a little harder as the season goes on because you get a lot more uh, spreads, get a lot more, uh, you know, just more legitimate. I I think early in the season they kind of guess. But once we get a couple weeks of data, especially now with no fans, it's a little bit harder to pick these games. Uh, But it's actually a pretty good week slate. I'm excited for Sunday. And the SEC's coming back, so 
pretty good football weekend. Might play a little golf Saturday, and then uh, early in the morning, and then just go football all afternoon. Might have to miss Lane Kiffin play Florida, but I don't think Ole Miss is going to be any good. And uh, Mike Leach is playing out at Eddie Ogeron. I, I can't wait. Uh, the SEC is back. It feels like football is actually back. And then, of course, Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Insta. Slide in those DMs, and you'll get your question answered on the show. You know how we do. Uh, also, for those of you guys that listen on iTunes, at John Middlecoff is, or excuse me, that's my Instagram handle. Three and Out is the uh, is the show's name, and you can find it on iTunes. Subscribe if you listen through Colin, and if you if you would leave a review, I'd greatly appreciate it. But one th- quick thing I saw tonight uh, with the Dolphins is clearly they drafted an injured player or a player that had been injured last year. I know listening to Dilfer talk with Colin, they had acted like he was healthy. I had saw two at the combine. And he was moving around pretty well. Now, obviously, just walking around at the Combine in February doesn't mean much. But to me, the most telling thing is, if he was injured, they would not dress him on game day. Because unlike all these other positions, one rolled ankle, two is in the game. You are legitimately one snap away as the backup quarterback from coming in the game. I see two in football pads. So if something were to happen to Ryan Fitzpatrick, he would come in the game. I have no problem slow playing it with an injured guy, with a guy that had been hurt. But if he's healthy enough to be in pads, that means you think he's healthy enough to play. And here's what I do know. Now, he had a good game against the Jaguars, whose defense is atrocious. Todd Wash, get out of here. I mean, I make fun of Vance Joseph a lot. He might be equally as bad. Todd Wash is a joke defensive coordinator. But listen, so Ryan Fitzpatrick is fine. Bridge quarterback. I draft a guy fifth overall, and I get there's not that much talent around him, but just look around the NFL. Like Joe Burrow, there's less talent around him in Cincinnati, and they put him in the game. Why? Because you want your guy to get reps. The only way to learn is to learn by playing football, especially in 2020. I saw Colin say it on Thursday. It's the highest scoring first two weeks in NFL history. Well, why do you think that is? I'll tell you, quarterback play. It's never been easier. It's also, there's never been more talent. Who was Tua? The guy that we all thought was going to go with number one before Joe Burrow emerged. So you get this guy, which I think we all agreed, looked like a you know a generational pass, pass thrower through his time at Alabama before the hip injury. And then you sit him once he's healthy. I am just not a believer in sitting the guy. If the guy is healthy and if he is talented enough. Well, check, he's definitely talented enough, and check, he's clearly healthy because you're telling me he's healthy, you're putting him in pads. And they'll. And I heard this with Anthony Lynn. Now, listen, I didn't want Tyrod Taylor to lose his starting job to a punctured lung by the trainer or doctor. I wanted him to lose his job because he's Tyrod Taylor, and Justin Herbert was the sixth pick in the draft, and Justin Herbert is four years at Oregon of playing, and the team drafted the guy six for a reason. He's a big-time talent. You have multiple receivers. You got a running back. Put him in the game. Turns out it took a needle to the lung for Herbert to get in there. Which, again, I wasn't rooting for it to happen this way. But I said from the jump, I do not understand. We got a plan. What's your plan? Play the guy. When you draft a guy really high, he should start from the jump. 
Why? Because it's never been easier to play quarterback. They can't get hit. You also run college concepts. It's easy for these NFL teams to implement it. Why? Because most of these teams have it in their playbook. It is not some foreign language to these quarterbacks or to these offensive coordinators. It's not like, you know, you speak Spanish and they're asking you to speak Chinese, which it felt like the majority of my, especially as my youth, that's always what I heard. Like when I was in junior high, elementary, high school, it's like, you know, it's hard for these college quarterbacks because they they play this offense, they get to the pros, it's completely different, they, they don't run any of the same plays. Even in like the 2000s, there was like five teams that ran a quote-unquote pro-style offense. When I worked at Fresno State, we were like one of the handful of teams this was 2008 and 2009. They're like, we love Pat Hill. He runs a pro-style offense. 2020, what the hell does that mean? Lincoln Riley runs pro-concepts. And he runs the spread. Look at how Mike Leach's quarterbacks. Cliff Kingsbury's quarterbacks at Texas Tech. Game's changed. You don't think Tua and what they were doing at Alabama translates? Again, if he's not healthy, no issue putting him to the side. I would understand that. But they're showing us. He's sitting in pads on the sideline. I I I had the I flipped the Laker game on because I couldn't the, the football game was so terrible, and I had the game on TV number two and it was on mute and I looked up and there's Tua screwing around on the bench. Of course he is. He's not going to be focused or engaged. He doesn't think he's playing. It's like come on guys, you, that that shit doesn't fly at Alabama. I hear all this stuff about culture and Brian Flores. You're you're not going anywhere this year. Let this guy play immediately. Let him get the reps. So in a year or two and your team has improved, and if you added skill around him, he's ready to roll. He, you know how much time he's spent in the film room at Alabama? Training? Like, all that stuff. He's going to be fine at all that stuff. He needs reps on the field against NFL speed and NFL defenses. It, it, that's I, That type of stuff bothers me as a, as a former front office guy. I want to see the talented guys play. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Smart guy. Fun to watch run around and die for first downs. He ain't the franchise. The other thing that happened Thursday afternoon was the Pac-12. Somehow, on Thursday afternoon to about halftime, the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, which has like Boise, Nevada, Fresno State, New Mexico, those teams, they both announced they were coming back. But there's a big difference. The Pac-12 announced they were playing six football games. Now, they'll tell you they're playing seven, but they're actually playing six. Because the seventh game, like Ohio State the Big Ten are playing eight games and then a conference championship. So it's eight plus one. So if Ohio State plays in the conference championship game, they'll have played nine games. The Pac-12 is playing seven games. So they play their six-game schedule. Then there's the conference championship. So let's say it's Oregon versus USC. And then all the other teams in the conference will also play that week. Like, I'm sorry, guys. That game doesn't count. How can the Mountain West play eight games and a conference champion? So their conference champion will be 9-0 and or 8-1. and And yours will be 6-1? and How is this possible? I've said from the jump, I tip my hat. The SEC, football is a priority. What did they do? They never flinched. They waited. They figured it out. They push back their season a little bit, and boom, they're kicking off. The Big Ten, they slow played it, they slow played it. Politically, it got out of whack. But they, when they did come back, they ended up playing eight games. The Pac-12, had they got to watch everybody. The Big 12, the ACC, the SEC, 
Even the Big Ten, who they followed, they would have... If the Big Ten, as you remember when your dad says, like, well, if they jumped off a bridge, would you? And the answer was always like, no, of course not, Dad. With the Pac-12, if the Big Ten had jumped off the bridge, the Pac-12 would have followed, and they would have leaped. And if the Big Ten did a backflip or a flying squirrel or a gainer off that bridge, the Pac-12 would have copied it because we've learned they're followers. But here's what we also learned on Thursday. They're not only followers... They don't know how to make a decision on their own. Six games, that's embarrassing. No other way around it. The Mountain West, which has San Diego State, San Jose, and Fresno State, so three teams, Pac-12 is four, in the state of California, which was one of the biggest hurdles. And they have they basically have teams in every state that the Pac-12 does. I have to think about that. Maybe not. But they definitely have three in California, which was one of the biggest hurdles for the Pac-12, and they announced they're playing eight games. I Honestly... As a Pac-12 fan, I don't know how I take this conference very seriously. I mean, they're called the Conference of Champions. I'm going to start calling them the Conference of Followers. And you know the team that I'm really pissed off for is Oregon had an elite team on paper. Now, they were going to play Ohio State Week 2. Now, the game was in Eugene. But even if they had lost that game, they were going to be so stacked before all this crap happened. If you see all these guys that opted out in the Big Ten, they're all coming back. The star player for Purdue said today he's opting back in. Well... Oregon's star left tackle who's going to be a top three or four pick. He opted out. I I would tell him, highly recommend, do not come back for the six games. Oregon had a chance to not just make the playoffs this year if the Pac-12 had done it right and been ahead of the game and been talking about this for weeks to come, but like make legitimate noise because they ha- they're the only team on the West Coast that recruits like the SEC or like these Big Ten big schools. They're top five in recruiting. They're recruiting all these NFL guys. They're just, they're big at the line of scrimmages. They have elite pass rushers. They got big time offensive linemen. And they got screwed. And they got screwed. And I get UCLA and some of these presidents don't give a damn, but I'm ashamed for Oregon's program, for the players in this conference who are treated right now like second class citizens. It's not the way they treat them, even in the Big Ten. They gave them the eight games. In, obviously, in the the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, they're not treated like that. It's just that they were caught up in this political storm, but then eventually the politics went away, and it was just like, are you guys coming back or not? Everyone else is coming back. Make a, make a decision. And then they made a decision, and the decision was to play six games and then a conference championship. Six games. I think I played more in peewee football. I, 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 just, I just am at a loss. I, I, I really am. Props to the Mountain West Conference for, for coming back. Props to the SEC for never pulling their foot off the pedal. Because, listen, people don't get, they don't hold your hand in life. If you're waiting for that, good luck waiting. Your hand's going to be out there for a long time. At a certain point in time, in any business, in, in any decision where you're a leader, you got to make a tough decision. And you can't always wait. You can't always wait to be last. Especially in this. Like, you're not going to be the smartest one here. And it's just, it, there's a reason there, it feels right now like there are four Power 5 conferences and then the Pac-12, which is sad because Oregon is a legitimate program right now. They are not just the cream of the crop in the Pac-12, but as we saw last year, they're, they're one of the top six or seven programs right now in the country. And if Mario keeps recruiting at this level, they, in theory, should be in the, uh, in, in the playoff discussion these next several years. But I think so many people are going to look so negatively, as they should, at the Pac-12 moving forward. I, I do think it's going to dramatically hurt their playoff chances moving forward.
Shame on the Pac-12. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's dive into something that's really jumped out to me, and I've watched a ton of NFL games. I've watched, obviously, all the primetime ones. I've watched all the ones I've get got locally, and I've gone back on Game Pass, and I've watched a lot of just games that weren't on CBS or Fox, you know, for me in the in the Bay Area. And one consistent thing has jumped out to me, and that's effort. And I, I don't think it... When you're in the entertainment business... I mean, I, I'm technically in the entertainment business. I, I Like I say it all the time. I don't view myself as a member of the media. I, I just view myself as someone who sells opinions. I'm basically paid to entertain. If I don't, you turn it off and it, it hurts the bottom line. And I knew from day one that I got involved with Colin that 
And, and I'd been on radio, and I'd had a number one show in the Bay Area. But in radio, it's so much different. You never truly know how many people are listening. I mean, you can even see numbers when they're big. It's all kind of made up. In podcasting, like I get a tangible number of X number of people, 100,000 people listen to that episode. And now I'm somewhat numb to the amount of people listening, but I knew when I first got involved, there were going to be a lot of people listening. And it was somewhat intimidating. It also really helped me focus. And I've done a little like local TV, and I've gone on Collins Show is the only national television I've done. But I've done some shows in the Bay Area after a Niner or Raider Monday night football game or after the draft around here where I knew there were a lot of people watching. And, you know, your juices get flowing. We're all human. And I and listen, I, I'm a huge sports guy, so I watch. You see the effort, you know, over the years when the Golden State Warriors are, are playing some crappy team and you know you're not on national television is a lot different than you're, when you're playing on Christmas Day or Martin Luther King Day, right? It, it's just a different vibe. Just like there's a different vibe in baseball for opening day or the 4th of July or whatever and just some random day in August. You usually get better effort from the players. You get better focus. I'm sure you guys know listening. If you're in sales, if you know the first time you sell something, whether it's $500 or $500 million, your first ever sale, you're pretty locked in. And then you get, you know, it's all relative, but you know, selling something $10,000, a lot different selling something a million dollars, you know, your 20th year as a sales guy. Your juices get going for bigger stuff. We're all humans. But the one thing football always has, and I noticed it when I worked at Fresno State in college football, up until the NFL, and then watching it now. Because Belichick said something the other day when he was asked, have you ever experienced anything like no fans? And his response, very, I mean, it was deadpan, classic Belichick, was, yes, I have. It's called practice. And in, in college football, you play spring football where you play games and scrimmages. And you get, when you have a freshman up to a senior going up against another guy, and it's live. Because football, when you are live, like in basketball, you can go to a pickup game. It's full go. But is everyone playing that hard? You know? No, because you don't necessarily have to. In football, it's hard to avoid. If you're the middle linebacker and you're in a scrimmage, whether it's college, high school, or the NFL, and they say, we're live, tackling to the ground, you just kind of lock in. I mean, it, it, it's, it obviously is a little different when you're going up against your team, but your effort level, your focus, I mean, it's still about as close to a 10 as it can be because you know if you don't, the thing with football, like in a combat sport, if you fuck around, you're going to get hit in the mouth and be on, the, and be on your back. So I, I knew I was never worried about the effort, but I've been blown, still blown away by the effort of these games. Every single game I've watched. Now, some teams are worse than the others, like the Jets. Like, I don't think the Jets are not playing hard. I just think they stink, right? They're just not very good. But, for example, the Giants, their first two games, they're not any good, and they play their ass off. Because in football, whether you have 80... And there's something. I've been to countless NFL games. I'm sure people listening have either been to NFL games or big college football games. There's nothing like the vibe in for a football game, especially a big football game. Because in the NFL, every game matters. And in college, if you go to the right game, there's nothing like the vibe in a college crowd at Alabama, at Ohio State, at Oregon, at wherever, at the Oklahoma, Texas. You, you guys know the thing. I mean, you walk in, you feel it. It's a huge event because it's a one-off. You know, in baseball, I, I've been to World <clears throat> World Series game with the Giants. It feels huge. 
But it, to me, the football, there's still a series. You know you can play again. Now, I've been to a Game 7 in the NBA Finals the year LeBron won at Golden State, and that felt like a huge NFL football, like a playoff game because the winner goes home. And that's what football has, and the effort level has been remarkable. These guys, because you can say, well, John, you know, they got 15 million people or 10 million people or 5 million people watching on TV. It's not the same, right? There are, in most of these stadiums, there is nobody in the stands. It's just your coaches. But the two things football players know is, one, you have to play with maximum effort when when you're tackling, right? When it's full go, when the whistle blows, you do not have a choice. You have to go. It's not one of those situations where I'm going to make this sale no matter what, or, you know, I'll just, I'll get this guy to the ground. Yeah, I'll just get this guy to the ground. Then it's Zeke Elliott running straight for your face, right? So you have to be on point. You have to be locked in. And these guys realize that the camera and the film and the eye in the sky doesn't lie. So if they half-ass it, they don't play well, this is not a scholarship league. Money's not guaranteed. If you do not just play hard, let alone play well, but play hard, you'll be replaced. And it's one of the greatest thing, parts of the NFL. I know people on social media, oh, guarantee all the money. To me, the urgency that creates, unlike these other sports where guys get on scholarship and as a fan, you're stuck with a player. It's like, God, we've had the same first baseman for four years. The guy stinks. I can't wait to get rid of him. You're like, oh, yeah, we signed him to a seven-year contract. I mean, the Angels have been watching Albert Pujols for eight years. He hasn't been able to run for six of them. I mean, he hasn't been good in five years. And they still got two years left after this. It never ends. In football, you make a disastrous signing. Like the Dolphins with Ndamukong Sue. It's like, yeah, he was there two years. We got rid of him. See ya. Adios. Next guy in. Next man up. We'll draft another defensive tackle. Bye. I mean, it's great. You, you can't beat it. And uh, it really has been a seamless transition. Not if I would have really thought about it. I would have. I would have been like, yeah, it's going to be. These guys are going to play their balls off. But then you watch it, I'm just, I, I'm just, I, I understand why sport's so big, why so many people watch, because every, every week you get the guy's best effort, uh, and it's the best players in the world, and it's very entertaining. But effort does matter. I mean, look at the NBA. They, they have an effort problem in the regular season. Television ratings in the tank. It's hard to watch a product in 2020 when we've never had more entertainment options. Like, I have to bring it on my podcast, because if I don't, there's 10 million podcasts. Now, only like 2% of them make money, but that's not the point. If I, if you, I don't care whether, whatever podcast you listen to, if it's not mine, that's a problem. I, I have to be entertaining. I have to approach every podcast seriously. You've never had more things to listen to. You know, 20 years ago, if you were like the local radio afternoon drive, you had the market cornered if you talk sports. You didn't have any competition. You didn't have any, there, there was no such thing as streaming. There weren't any apps. Hell, Sirius XM radio started, what, a decade ago? You didn't even have that. So, you know, it's just, it, it, it's never, maybe a little longer than that, maybe 2007, 2008. But, you know, in 15 years, things have changed in this business that I'm in. But in football, one thing never has. When the whistle blows and you're playing an opponent, whether there's one person in the stands or 100,000 person in the stands, you better go full go or it'll get ugly for you fast. Okay, let's dive into something that I, uh, I saw this week. And it involved the Saints after their game. They were scheduled to fly home from Las Vegas on Tuesday morning. Now, it's not like they were saying on the Strip. They were saying outside of the Strip. But they were going to fly back first thing Tuesday morning because the game got over for so, so late. 
I think sleeping habits. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, I remember, in the peak of their dynasty, were big on sleeping habits and would often do the same thing. Instead of trying to cram into the plane, fly that night, they would stay over and fly the next day so you get a normal night's sleep. So that's not that normal. But something happened the next morning that I red flagged. And to me, anytime that you have to change plans and have an emergency meeting, it's usually a problem. And growing up, I I got in some trouble as a kid in, in uh, elementary school and definitely junior high. By the time I got to high school, sports and stuff, you kind of had to stay on the straight and narrow. But I was often someone that had to have meetings a lot of times with the teachers. And it usually wasn't good. Just like in my house, like, John, we need to sit down after dinner and have a serious talk about this. Usually a red flag. Even in my professional life, I remember when I got to work for the Eagles, it was intense. And like the pace in which the NFL operates, I wasn't quite used to. And that, those first couple months, I remember a couple times having to sit down with Lewis Riddick and Howie Roseman, and it was just a lot to handle. It wasn't because I don't think I wasn't capable, but there was just a standard that was overwhelming. And it was like, Jesus, this is what's expected. You better be on this level. This is the big leagues. Welcome here. It's like, damn. And then you either shape up or you shape out. The Saints on Tuesday morning, instead of going right to the plane after bed, Sean Payton pushed back the plane flight. And they had emergency meetings. And listen, the Saints have had some drip, 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 drip stuff going on. Like, eventually, you got to go, maybe there's more going on there than we thought. And listen, the Drew Brees situation... Him talking about the national anthem and then the repercussions and then having to backtrack. Like, that wasn't nothing, right? Regardless of where you stand on the issue, it became a huge ordeal. And then in training camp, Alvin Kamara takes off. He ultimately gets paid, but he just left camp. Now Michael Thomas, the best player on their team, has an high ankle sprain. And then the one thing we learned during the Raider game, whose defense, I don't know if you've been watching the Raiders, I don't know, these last two decades is consistently atrocious, and they couldn't score. And there was a picture from training camp that kind of went viral of Drew Brees' arm looking like a grandpa's elbow with all this kind of extra flab hanging down. Like, he's 40 years old. There's a chance that players aren't dumb. They're looking around going, I don't know if our quarterback's that good anymore. Now, I get he's Drew Brees, he's some Hall of Famer, and he's had this great career, but no one gives a shit about 2014 or 2016, or 2007, it's 2020. And now you're trying to beat the Packers this weekend. And then you got their defense, which is just atrocious. Malcolm Jenkins can't cover a soul. Their corners are very hit or miss. Their pass rush with Davenport out doesn't look great. Like, they got issues. So if their offense isn't going to be elite, their defense is middle of the pack at best, they could have some problems. And I think Sean Payton knows it. So when I see that he, before they head to the airport, spends several hours meeting as a team, meeting in groups, meeting with your unit, I'm red flagging this issue. And this is something to keep an eye on. I think he knows right now, I got a boat and we got a leak. And hope to God, and this is what good coaches do, we can patch this leak and we can keep sailing right to 10, 11, 12 wins. But there is a chance, and listen, coaches are paranoid, Sean Payton, He's an elite coach. He's definitely paranoid, even though all the success he has, and I think it's clear he's a top three or four offensive mind probably the last several decades. He's, his resume speaks for itself. 
He's resurrected a franchise with Breeze that was a joke my entire life up until about 2006 when those two guys showed up. I got nothing but respect for both those two guys. But you get to a point sometimes where things snowballs on you, you have some injuries, your team's just not good, and, and it just falls apart. And I remember my second year in Philly, the dream team year, we went 8-8, eight and eight, and by the following season we were 4-12. and 12. And Andy Reid, who I think we all agree is a top two coach in the NFL, got fired. Like, shit just happens. I don't think Sean Payton's going to get fired, but who's to say maybe they're going to end up 6-10? and Because he's in this back of his mind. You usually don't freak out after week two. You think Belichick freaked out after week two? And I know we've seen the visuals of him with the holy sweatshirt. He doesn't want to lose, but he's not holding crazy team meetings the next day. He knows they're right there. Because if you watch the game, you go, well, you played Seattle, one of the best teams in the league, on the road. You had a tough loss. You were right at the one-yard line. Sean Payton's going, we just got our ass kicked by a quarterback that hasn't played well in three years, by one of the worst statistical defenses the last several years. We got issues. We don't have a little issue. We didn't just go, you know, toe-to-toe, right, with, uh, with Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay and lose on the last play. We played the Raiders, whose corners can't cover a soul, and we could not score in the second half. We have problems. And I think he knows it. And I think that's why he forced these meetings. And we're going to find out, I think this weekend, the Packers who are rolling, Rodgers who looks every bit as an MVP candidate as Russell Wilson right now, if we're slipping, we're going to get worked. And it's a short week. Everyone's on edge. But the elephant in the room is, and we're definitely going to kind of feel it these next couple weeks, is my quarterback still good enough? Because if my quarterback's not still good enough, for our defense just is what it is. Might not be that great. But if you have a great quarterback, who cares? You can still win 10, 11 games. You don't need to have a good defense. And that's where, for as much as he tries, all these coaching tactics, and he's a Parcells guy, so he's got some of these Parcellsians moves, they have a limit of their impact. Like, if, if you are leading right now, let's say the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs, and for whatever reason, John Harbaugh or Andy Reid needs to do something kind of crazy in the middle of the week. It's going to have an impact because their team's really talented. And they're just better than everyone else. So it might refocus the team. It might get guys to relock in. But if you did that with a team that's not good enough, and if everyone is... Listen, I, I don't think the Breeze thing, his resume spoke for long enough in terms of the impact with the players on the team. Like, we all know his character. It's pristine. It's way better than 90% of these idiot media guys we see tweeting craziness 24-7 on, online. Drew Brees, high-character guy. Everyone likes him. No one's ever had a bad word said about him. So I'm not saying that there's some holdover from what happened you know, before the season. But there will be an issue if players on that team start thinking to themselves, is this guy not good anymore? And you keep laying eggs against defenses, and, and the Packers are solid, so it might not be Green Bay. But if Green Bay keeps scoring at their rate and the Saints offense, which has consistently been one of the better in the NFL, can't keep up or doesn't even look like close to the same level, Sean Payton can pull all these crazy moves for the next several weeks and, and it won't matter. Maybe the Saints are just destined to you know, have a comeback to, uh, to the norm, to the medium, to where most teams are, to the mean, not the medium, to the mean. And their mean, just league-wide, you know, what if this is a 7-9 season? Now, they've had that before, right, when Rob Ryan was their defensive coordinator, but that was because they had one of the worst defenses in the league. Their offense was fantastic. 
Well, now if their offense and defense both meet somewhere in the middle of the league, they're just going to be an average team, no longer some quote-unquote Super Bowl contender. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's, uh, let's do three for the money. But before we do three for the money, I just wrote down a couple NFL nuggets, just text with some of my buddies that are scouts in the league of just some things they've seen through the first couple weeks that jumped out to them. And, uh, like, this is what NFL people are thinking. 
One thing I heard is that the Vikings tape through two weeks is embarrassing on defense. That their corners stink. They can't cover a soul. That's a pretty big issue for a team that's really kind of, you know, had defensive swag over the last four or five years. When you thought about the Vikings, you thought big-time defense, good running game. And their receivers were good. But it was defense first, just kicking your ass. Right now, their defense stinks. And if their defense stinks... That means a lot more pressure puts on Kirk Cousins. And one thing we know Kirk Cousins cannot do is play hero ball. Because like last week, he'll throw picks. I think the Vikings got real, real, real problems. Obviously, this guy went number one. I think we all watched him at LSU. But I think people are blown away the first couple weeks of Joe Burrow just by how good he looks, how calm he looks, how confident he looks. I mean, that team wasn't just bad last year. They won two games. And they still, when you watch them, do not have much talent. People go, A.J. Green! Hey guys, this isn't 2015, 2020. He's he's not very good anymore. Which it, it, un, it, unlike other sports, like in football, it happens fast. You you go from this famous name to just terrible. Never forget my second year in Philly, we signed Ronnie Brown. I'm like, damn, we got Ronnie Brown. I remember first practice, he was like running in quicksand. It's like, yeah, he's shot. He was shot. And then last but not least, listen, we've all been given Russ just some huge, huge circle jerk. And rightfully so. He's got nine touchdowns. He's got 80, completed 82% of his balls. He's looked freaking awesome. Then this narrative, he's never got an MVP vote. Well, part of it's because of the tier system. He's probably win the MVP this year. But through two games, and listen, whether you like the move, whether you didn't like the move, at this point, who gives a shit that Jordan drafting Jordan Love turned Aaron Rodgers back into MVP Aaron Rodgers? Because through two games, just texting with a scout that's watched some of his games was like, Listen, man, he, he's every bit as good as Russ. Now, is he going to win the MVP? Probably not. He's already got a couple. But this guy threw two games, and I would expect this to keep playing, That whether it was Jordan Love, whether it's more comfort in the offense, whatever it is, and people get more comfortable in that offense in year two, he looks like a man on a freaking mission. Because the highlights from week one, now granted it was the Vikings, who I said their defense stinks. He made them look like a, a high school team. Last week against the Lions, boomed down, and then he just turned it on. He he looks, he looks like a, a just a guy on uh just just driven to dominate. I mean, like you you were gonna throw me the wool, you were gonna get rid of me for this guy, a little bit like Google Montana when Steve Young showed up. He had two of the best years of his career, those first two years when Steve Young was supposed to quote unquote replace him. Sometimes inspiration comes from weird places. Now this isn't necessarily a weird place. Just you get a backup quarterback who you know the management wants to replace you and you're a former, you still are, I mean, a living legend, you know, if you have any pride, any sort of ego, any any just sort of just deep down like MF-er in you, you, you ain't going out like that. And I, I got a lot of respect for the way Rodgers is playing. So I'm 4-2 and two on the week. 4-2 and two on the week. Uh, I got the Niners and the Broncos last week, and I lost the Bills game because the Dolphins somehow covered. But... Four and two is not bad. I've actually made more money these last couple weeks than I have in a long, long time. I've just been betting on just pretty easy games. My philosophy has been this, the games that I've actually bet. And I've bet my own money to uh, opening weekend, Pittsburgh against the Giants. I've bet against the Jets, and I'm betting against the Giants again this week. I'm taking the shittiest teams, which are the Jets, the Giants, I believe the Panthers. And whenever they play a team that I think is a playoff team, I'm, I put a lot of money on that one. This week, the, the Colts 
are playing the Jets. That number, as the time I'm recording this, is depending on where you look, 11 or a half or 12. That number's a tad bit big, and I think the Jets, I think they're one of the worst teams I've seen in the last decade. Problem is, I don't know how good the Colts are, but I still would probably take the Colts. Now, they're not one of my three for the money team, so my three for the money, I'm, I'm going here. I know he's their backup quarterback, and that's Nick Mullins because Jimmy Garoppolo sprained his ankle. They lost Nick Bosa. George Kittle will be back. Brandon Ayuk got his first game last week. I just think the Giants, who lost Saquon Barkley, and Sterling Shepard probably not going to play either. I, I, I just don't see how the Giants keep it within four points. Now listen, if the Niners were playing a good team, I would not feel confident they could win. But I think the Giants probably are the second worst team, and it just happens the first worst team happens to share a stadium with them. Now that stadium, the turf has issues. The NFL sent people to check on the turf. Of course, they said the turf is fine. Uh, I, I just I think the Niners cover. I actually the, my philosophy on betting on this game, I'm not betting on the Niners. I'm betting on Kyle Shanahan versus Joe Judge, and I'll take my chances. Second game, Eagles minus five. Now listen, there, there's a lot of heat already in Philly. It's just an intense football town. They hold the Eagles to high standards. And there's this kind of ghost, and elephant in the room called Nick Foles that Carson Wentz has never shook. He had the opportunity last year, but then he got hurt in the playoff game. Then this year, two games, two picks each game. He's got four interceptions. He's 58% completion percentage. I watched the Rams game earlier this week. I mean, he's forcing balls. He's airmailing balls. He looks like shit. But here's what I know about Carson Wentz. He's not going to consistently play this bad. Here's what I know about Doug Peterson. He's a good coach. He's a good offensive coordinator. They will get Carson Wentz back on track. Well, how do you get him back on track? You play a terrible defense. They're playing the Cincinnati Bengals defense, who just made Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns look like the you know one of the best offenses we've ever seen. They ran it right down their throat. I think the Eagles get back on track. I think Carson Wentz gets back on track. The game's in Philly. Not like that matters. There's no crowd. I like the Eagles minus five in that game. I, I just think this is the pressure's intense. I think this is a get-right game for Carson. Last but not least, the Raiders. Biggest win by far under John Gruden. Beating the Saints. Didn't just beat the Saints. They kicked the Saints' ass. Worked them. First home game ever. Monday night football. Well, the problem with playing Monday night football, that means then you immediately go to a short week. The other problem with a short week is when you have a road game, that can get intense. Well, the Raiders' road game is pretty far. they got to go to New England. So you're playing New England, who's also coming off a loss. But the difference is their loss, they actually played pretty well. So there are actually a lot of positives to build off it. I think Cam's rolling. I think the Raiders' defense is terrible. They have no pass rush. Their corners stink. Uh, I think Cam and the Patriots get right. And listen, I'm not some Raiders hater. I think the Raiders are going to win and make a wild card. Maybe go 9-7, and seven, win that 7 spot, compete for that 6 spot. I just think this trip is difficult. Given short week, feeling themselves a little bit, long road trip, Patriots, you saw Belichick, looks like he hasn't slept because he hadn't. They probably got back to New England, you know, like 6 in the morning on Monday. And that's a crazy time to get back. But you still get all the Monday to get ahead of the Raiders who are getting ready to play that night. Cam looks freaking awesome. I think Belichick, they just don't lose many games in Foxborough, especially with a good Cam Newton. I like the Patriots, minus five. Okay, let's go a little thing we like to call Middlecoff Mailbag. At John Middlecoff on my Insta. Fire in those DMs. Give me a follow if you want. Have some pictures from uh, Carmel Valley this weekend. Might go there on Saturday. But let's, uh, 
let's start with this. Again, if you follow me on Collins Network, I greatly appreciate you subscribing to the pod on iTunes. Also, leave a little review if you like the podcast. Helps the uh, salespeople. I thought the pumped in crowd noise was really helpful as someone who watches multiple screens. Because you get that audible cue that a big player penalty just happened. I thought it would be hokey. Turned out to be okay. Thoughts? Agreed. I thought, was it Monday night? Monday night was a little weird. I thought ESPN with the Vegas Raiders were a little off on theirs. I thought Sunday night was good. I didn't even notice it. I guess there were fans at Jacksonville tonight, so I didn't. You just kind of noticed natural fan noise. I don't hate it at all. I'm pro put in fan noise. Doesn't bother. I'm with you. I thought it was going to be weird. You know, just when you hear it explained to you, you're like, this is never going to work. And then it happens. You're like, oh, you know, just part of watching a game. Here's one thing I found. I noticed it's Seattle, and I know I talked about this, I think, on the early last pod. At the Vegas, it, it, there are shots where you're like, God, this place is empty. And it does take a little bit away from you. Now, then they just go back to the field and the guys are playing their ass off. You're like, this is still NFL football. But it is weird seeing, you know, no fans in the stands. The huge part of these games, you know, when you see the highlights of like European soccer or March Madness or whatever, a, a major, seeing old highlights of like golf majors when they're doing the U.S. Open. It's a big difference when there's 30,000 people watching the final putt and then there's nobody. It just, the, the, a part of sports is just hearing the hearing all those people there. And listen, if you're a sports fan, you've been to a sporting event. If you're going to watch your team or you're going to watch a team you bet on, it's fun, man. I, I was thinking about that today, man. I, I, I really miss having just the option to go to a game. Of going to a baseball game. I haven't been to a baseball game in a couple years, so that's a lie. I just threw that out there. But definitely going to an NFL game. I went to several Niner games last year. And they're just fun. Now, obviously, they were good. I wouldn't have gone if they sucked. But when when it's good to go see an NFL game, it, wherever you're listening, or you know, good college in your town, like going to a football games fun. It's something to do on a Saturday or Sunday. Usually, go with your friends, or your dad, or your girlfriend, or your brother, or whatever. Have a few drinks. It's just relaxing. In the, in this in this shitty time called Corona 2020, man, can't wait for 2000, fall of 2021. I can't imagine this year's Super Bowl being fanless, but I also don't count it out as a possibility. What do you think the probability is that we don't have fans at the Super Bowl? Uh, I Honestly, I can't answer that question. Think about the Super Bowl is not till early February. Think how much stuff is going to change over the next... You know, we still got October, November, December, January, February. You know, I, I don't pretend. I just see the headlines about vaccines. I don't even know. I don't get it. How fast it's going to happen. I, I would imagine it's going to take a little longer. Uh, who knows, you know, with the fall flu and everything's going to be so convoluted. I, but then I read some places that Corona's, you know, the power of it is diminishing because of herd mentality. I, you know, I, I herd immunity. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend. I, I just know, like, I turned on the Jacksonville Jaguar game. There are fans. Where I don't even know where the... I'd have to Google where the Super Bowl is this year. It's supposed to be in L.A.? Or is that next year? Uh, it probably depend. Is New Orleans? I, I, I don't know. I guess, it obviously, it was Miami last year. Like, if it was in Miami this year, there'd be, there'd be fans there, for sure. But would the NFL want the Super Bowl there without fans? I mean, are we still doing normal corona shit in February? Like, am I still not allowed to go to a restaurant in California in February? Might legitimately be in Texas, but if that happens by then, 
What's up, Middlecoff? Uh, Patriot fan here. I'm super excited about Cam Newton, but Edelman is clearly getting older, and Nikhil Harry hasn't really shown he can be a physical deep threat. So what do you think the Pats can pick up or trade for that will help with the deep threat? Well, here's the thing. Obviously, Jules, who went off against Jamal Adams, that's not normal. I mean, I can't imagine how many games in his career he's had 175 yards. Nikhil Harry is not a deep threat. When you think Nikhil Harry, you got to think like, if he pops and he hits, which I'm a fan, you got to think like Michael Crabtree. Like, to me, that's what he'll be. Like Michael Crabtree with the Raiders. When he was catching like 80 balls, 7, 8 touchdowns, like that's him. Contested catches. I was going to say Anquan Bolden, but Anquan was so good. I don't know if Nikhil's going to be that good. But think Crabtree with the Raiders when he was good for like three years. Like that, that's, that to me is Nikhil Harry. He's not going to be a deep threat. Now, who could they trade for? I mean, I, I mean, is there a deep threat going to become available? I, I would, I would highly doubt it. It's not usually how it happens. Uh, but Belichick's always, you know, in the trading mood, so I wouldn't discount it. But I, I would just, you know, how Bill works. He'll take four or five weeks, see what they have, see what they got. To me, they're going to have to run the ball. Cam run the ball, and just possession with Nikhil and Edelman. You're just not going to have a deep threat in this offense. Just, I just think that's going to be the reality this year. We saw in Week 2 the value of having a stud kicker like Butker or Zerline who almost single-handedly won their teams the game. We've seen Tucker win games in the past and definitely seen kickers lose their teams' games. I assume most coaches and GMs would definitely want to sign players who can add one to two win seasons. It's like a cheat code. Why is there not mo- more robust free agent market for kickers? Is it the lack of talent, or do GMs value the position? Also, salute to you and your hustle. Perfect blend of takes, humor, insight, and can't get enough content. Well, thank you for, uh, I probably didn't need to read that last part, but, you know, I'd like to let you guys know that people like the content. Uh, I would say this. Once you get a kicker in the league, let's use Butker as an example. Is it Harrison Butt Kicker? Butker? I know Andy calls him Butt Kicker. Uh, when I was in Philly... We got rid of David Akers, and we drafted a guy. Uh, should I forget his name from Nebraska? In, da- in the fourth round. And David Akers went to the Niners. It was Harbaugh's first year and had a career year. All pro, pro bowler, and was unreal. And this guy we drafted during training camp, it was clear the guy was going to be a bust. This guy was a dominant college kicker and then came to the pros and was a bust. Remember the dude, the Florida State kicker, that Tampa drafted Aguayo a couple years ago, that guy was a dominant college kicker. And he couldn't make a field goal in OTAs, let alone by the time the season started. I think foot, I think evaluating kickers is a little bit like evaluating like pitchers in baseball. There's a reason that the, the amount of pitchers that come up, like, oh, this guy, we drafted this guy in like the 10th round. It just hit. I, I, you never know. It's not a tangible thing because it's so mental. Harrison Butt Kicker. He was a seventh-round pick by the Carolina Panthers. Think about that. The Carolina Panthers. I'm going to read you his... Let me see if I can find some of his college stats. Butker played at Georgia Tech from 13 to 16 under Paul Johnson. He's the all-time leading scorer at school history. Team captain his senior season. In his college career, he converted 208 and 2010 extra points and 43 of 60 field goals. You know, he's six foot. He's obviously a good athlete. I, I just, I, I don't think you ever know. I mean, it, as crazy as that sounds, I, 
I just think there's so much unknown with a kicker because the mental capacity on these guys, once it goes, it goes. For example, Justin Tucker, who's three-time Pro Bowler, All-Pro, just a stud. Let's just assume, let's just say he's the best kicker in the league. The best kicker in the NFL. He went to Texas, so it's not like, well, you know, Justin Tucker went to Cal Poly and no one's, he went to Texas. He was undrafted. Think about that. He was undrafted. And now he's a four-time All-Pro. <laughs> Un, and he's got a second team. So he's a f- five, five All-Pros. Four first team, one second team. I think there's just a huge randomness to it. It's not like, to me, the most random thing that happens at position players, like Gardner Minshew is a little random, right? And even he, I think that's how good really is he. But it's like, the dude was a six-round pick, and everyone was taught. He went to the Senior Bowl. I think kickers kind of come out of nowhere. As someone that evaluated kickers for a couple years in the NFL, it's like they can go on good stretches, they can get really hot. I think sometimes it's just get in the right spot, they get with the right coach, and it just blossoms. But I don't think you ever know. I don't think you ever know. Even Seabass, for as great as like, and long his career was, if you look back, Sebastian Janikowski was not worth the first round pick. And I was around him in Oakland. I like Seabass. I would actually love to hang out and drink with him. But... If he was on a good team, he really benefited from being on a team that sucked and no one was really paying attention because he missed a sneaky amount of kicks. I'm a Packer fan from Brazil and listen to every week on Spotify. Being realistic, could it be our chance of winning another Super Bowl this season? I'm not trying to jump on the bandwagon, but Roger keeps playing like the MVP football. I just don't see how this team wouldn't at least go to the finals. Talking Western Conference Finals or the uh, <laughs> NFC Championship game. The defense seemed better against the run as well. Cook torched us last season. Congrats to the show. Really appreciate if you could answer this live. No worry on your grammar mistakes. He mentioned that. I'm not giving him a hard time. He said, sorry for any grammar mistakes. I make a ton of grammar mistakes. I got terrible grammar. You'll never meet a human being with multiple degrees and worse grammar. I would be, I'm the Tom Brady of a guy with multiple collegiate degrees. I have an undergrad and a graduate, and I'd be, I would be—I have the worst grammar of any human ever with two degrees. Shows you. I mean, college is overrated. I would say, yeah. I mean, if, if, he's, if he plays this level all season long, like to me, last year when they played the Niners, and even in that game against Seattle, like I, I think most Packer fans would agree, he just wasn't as potent, right? Even all season. I remember, I remember being at the gym, was it week 17, and they were playing the Lions, and it was to get, like, the number two seed. And they were down early, and he was overthrowing balls. I'm like, God, who is this guy? And he had just been off most of the season, even though his numbers look pretty good. Well, I've watched his two games this year. He looks like 2014 MVP Rodgers. He looks like a badass right now. This Rodgers is a guy that, like, yeah, I like watching this guy. This guy is out for blood. And is it Jordan Love? Is he just pissed off for greatness? Is he comfortable in the I don't know. But he looks freaking awesome. I mentioned it early. He looks sweet. So, yeah. I mean, I why not? Hey, bro, big fan. Question for the show. If Russell Wilson played in New England instead of Tom Brady, would Russell Wilson have more championships than TB12? Uh, that's a good question. Brady won three championships before Russell even came in the league. So, I mean, Tom played 20, and he's still playing. Now, Russell should have two right now, but he threw a pick. 
right? So part of that's on Russell. I'd say this. Russell played on some fucking exceptional teams. Like, talent-wise, those early teams that Russell was on were every bit as good as any team Tom Brady ever played on. Marshawn, one of the best running backs in the league. They Their, their wide receivers weren't that great, but their running game was dominant, and their defense was beyond elite. They could rush the passer. They had great linebacking play, and no one could throw on them. I mean, LOB was like a real thing. You could not throw on him. And he won one. But he got to another, and they lost in a game that they should have won. So I, I would say no. But he would have won a couple. I mean, he'd have two or three, right, instead of one. But those these teams the last several years, obviously, in Seattle were not as well-rounded. And I just, I the difference would be Belichick is just a much better coach than Pete. And Pete's good. But Bill's better. So if you gave me... Like if Rodgers had played the last, if Rodgers had been Bill's quarterback for the last decade. Yeah, they'd probably have three. I mean, Tom won three last decade. Think about that. Won three last decade. And how many did he go to? He went to four? What was the game he lost? I guess the Eagles. He beat the Falcons. He beat Seattle. And he beat the Rams. And he lost to uh, to the to the Birds. So, you go to four in a decade, that's... I mean, I, I don't care who your quarterback. Like that's and Tom was pretty dominant. He won an MVP one of those years. So it's good. Listen, you you give Russell peak Russell Rogers Brady to Bill. Like he's gonna win. <laughs> he's just gonna win. Yeah, that's it. Okay, adios. Godspeed. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football for my SEC fans. We welcome back the Big Boy Conference and uh, stay safe and have fun. Peace. See ya. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want, and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. 
See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.